ia te a te a taka ia te pai pai wa o uru mai te utupoto te ware kōrero e tū nei. Kia ora. welcome to Change Channel, a space to share tupuna wisdom, Māori ancestral knowledge with you and the world. Tēnā, wakarongo mai. Nō te ipureo tēnei kawenga o te pai pai wa o a Chase Channel. Inumia te kōrero. Chase Channel is brought to you by Te Ipurao. E ngā pari kāranga puta noa i te motu. Tēnei te mihi mai o hakea koutou katoa e noho maina i roto i o koutou miru miru kāinga maha puta noa i ao te arua. Kia ora everybody, I'm Te Arahi Maipi and welcome back to another daily edition of the Whānau Guide for COVID-19. With the help of Counties Manukau Health, Auckland District Health Board, Waitamata District Health Board, Northland District Health Board and the Ministry of Health, everybody has come together to provide this platform with one goal in mind and that is to give you, your whānau and your community all the information, support and advice you need to get through COVID-19. Uh, every show is a live Q&A session where we bring in uh, experts in various fields to discuss with them the key issues of the day. And as it's been over the last week or so, um, and probably even so the most last uh, couple of weeks, testing and encouraging people to test, where they get tested, how you get tested, and how you can actually get um, the uh, the avenue to be tested. All of those types of things have been a key issue to make sure that this is our main fight and our main mechanism to keep uh, the COVID-19 at bay. So this is what the main emphasis of today's show is, is around COVID-19 testing. And of course, um, as we're about to approach a level three, 11.59 Monday night, so not to uh, just a little more over 24 hours away, this still is a top priority as more people return back to work uh, and go about um, other additional daily uh, activities that we haven't been able to do in level four. So this is still a massive priority to make sure every step along the way, everybody's being tested uh, when it is required. No reira, me pōwhiri mai, me whakatau mai ngā manuwhiri mō tēnei hōtaka. Tuatahi, I'd like to welcome George Ngātai QSM as the founder and director of the Whānau Order Community Clinic. This is a network of medical centres across Aotearoa and they've been operating a lot of tests throughout the country. George, tēnā koe e rawe te ki te iākoe. 
Nga mihi ki a koe ki a koutou e matakitaki anu ki tūmenu ngā kaupapa anu re te ngā koe ki a koe. Te ngā koe. Nga ka pōwhiri mai anō hake i te mea he wawai tapu tēnei nga ki tēnei kaupapa. I'd like to welcome back Dr. Melanie Wirepa who's a GP and works in the Puke Kohe testing station. Dr. Lovely to have you back on the show. Hi, tēnā koe ti arahi, nei rā te mihi mahana hoki ki a koe, pai ki te kite a koe anō. Tēnā koutou katoa e te iwi Māori, tēnā koe George. Hi, kia ora everyone. I'm a GP here in Auckland, born and raised in Te Tairawhiti, and I'm currently working as a clinical lead doctor at the Pukekohe CVAC. So, māori ora kia koutou. Very happy to be here today. Tēnā koe kamatu, tēnā kōrua. Kua whai wahi mai ki te whānau guide for COVID-19. Just before we get into... Uh, the questions, and there are some really relevant ones uh, considering what we've gone through over the last better part of a month, but also what we're about to get into uh, with us dropping from level four restrictions on lockdown down to level three. Uh, we'll have a scroll coming across the screen very shortly. Now, these are the key websites for the four different district health boards that are around the Auckland metro area. So uh, if there's ever any doubt around testing facilities, testing stations, or any type of uh, queries, these are probably a really good uh, source to find out the information that's closest to your specific area if you are living in Tāmaki Makaurau. Uh, George, we'll get into uh, the first lot of questions. I'll start off with you. Um, how many testing sites do the clinics that you associate uh, with manage? Look, um, we, we've got around about 12 practices across the country and um, in Throughout those, we've set up uh, testing stations. We wanted to actually look at um, focusing predominantly on Māori, but uh, open for the wider community. So uh, we had our first one. We're, we're in day 22 here in Manuka um, on Druces Road. Uh, and that, that was actually quite interesting to, to set up because whilst we were looking at delivering to Māori, we had to also take into consideration the wider community of, of Manuka, Manurewa, uh, and working around to Clendon, uh, where, where a lot of our Māori are working and living. Um, the other thing is, is that we we sort of opened a, our second one up in Christchurch because that, um, I mean, CBACs or community-based uh, assessment centres in Christchurch were actually focused on getting your doctor to refer you. Um, and that was really difficult for our whānau because they had to actually make an appointment, obviously uh, pay what was required to see the doctor and then go and see or get referred to a, a CBAC. And then we've just started um, day three with our two mobile units up in the Northland, Taitokero. Uh, and again, very, very different communities, uh, but and very different focuses of, of those communities, but uh, they're all delivering the same thing. If people want to actually be swabbed or assessed and swabbed, then that, that opportunity is open for them. George, um, it's been interesting talking to everybody right across uh, the board, the, in particular the, the first week or so, and whatever established, whether that was food deliveries or whether that was uh, testing stations or, or uh, video consults, is that it was a we're figuring it out as we go type scenario. So I wanted to ask, is, was this been a difficult process? And on top of that, you're not just setting up one. There's a, there's a massive collective, and as you mentioned, different communities, different areas. So, so there's different intricacies, I guess, in, in each in each station? I think what we actually saw when setting up a community-based centre was really the uh, clinical requirements, um, looking at infection control, uh, making sure that the DHB as well as ourselves were capable of doing that. Um, 
uh, we were very fortunate that uh, the DHB counties, Manuko especially, were very supportive of us actually looking at focusing on Māori. Um, they gave us the opportunity to go to Takanini, which was uh, certainly led by them, and they were able to give us the opportunity to sit in on their CBACs, have a look at how these systems and processes worked, um, identify ways and means that we could actually start improving it as a Māori provider, and then actually come away uh, to then get their support to be able to continue on from there. So again, it, we wouldn't have gone into this if we hadn't have gotten the support that we did receive. Um, we've got some really dedicated staff that were prepared to uh, become frontline staff members and put their lives at risk. So all of that helped towards the first one. And then all we did was just duplicate that um, around Christchurch and then make some tweaks uh, with regards to looking at a mobile service for the Northland. So they were all very different, all very challenging as an organisation. Um, but I, I think what we've actually seen with ours and Manuko and then the Christchurch and now the Northland, we saw an increase in Māori that were able to come through and uh, be assessed and be swabbed. And that was our key goal, uh, working uh, through through setting these uh, CBACs up. Tēnā koe, tēnā koe mēnā Dr Melanie, can you describe the process before, during and after a COVID-19 test? Yeah, yeah. So um, having worked at the Pukekohe CBAC, I can't comment for how other CBACs run, but basically it's a drive-through uh, station. So uh, there are three stations set up. Station one is where you drive through. We will take some information, ask you about your symptoms, and then you move through to station two where we'll take a little bit more information uh, about your, uh, your bubble, your mahi, if you've had any contacts or travel. Um, and if you're unwell, we can also uh, examine you at that station and treat any acute problems that you might have. And then uh, from there, you go to station three, uh, where you actually have the swab done, which is a nasopharyngeal swab. Um, so it's into the nose, uh, just takes a few seconds, bit stingy, makes your eyes water, um, but it's done very quickly. Uh, and then we send the lab, uh, the swab off to the lab for uh, testing. Uh, which takes around two to five days. Most tests are coming back within two to three days now, which has been great. Oh, boy. Um, also, I would say you can also walk through if you don't have a waka. We also um, will take walkthroughs. We had a whānau of nine come through, walk through from the peepies up to the nanny. So that was cool to see. Oh, boy. No, we did not. One thing that I want to add on to that is that when, when you come into South Auckland um, and when you actually come into predominantly Māori communities, uh, we're, not, we're not used to actually seeing one or two people come through. We see carloads. And so we had to certainly uh, change the way that we actually had to look at delivering um, an assessment and a swab. Uh, four whānau that were coming in, four, five, six people in one car. And, you know, whilst this is quite a challenging time for lots of whānau and their anxieties are quite high, what we've actually noticed is that um, having whānau in the car, they're mm. able to talk everyone through and make sure that everybody was comfortable. And the funny story about um, having lots of whānau is that we had three cars come in. They were all from one family. And the person in the first car was actually enrolling and uh, giving information for somebody in car number three. And so, you know, you, you sort of have to deal with all those challenges whilst yeah. still making sure okay. that they were all uh, available and understood the way that we were actually uh, doing our uh, assessments. Well, it's a, it's a really good example, though, that you bring up because the main thing, well, the main thing is that they went to get tested. So 
within that yeah. certain circumstance where if an individual within the whare can't go by themselves, you encourage that, you know, basically if it's, as long as it's within their bubble, is, is to do whatever you need to to go and get tested if you need to? Well, I, I think from, from our perspective, we weren't prepared, or should I say the organisation, DHBs weren't prepared for uh, lots of whānau coming in on one car. Uh, we had to certainly make some changes in terms of how we assessed and how we actually then swabbed uh, because they all couldn't get out of the car. They all had to stay in the car. And then if you had you know, two or three people in the back seat that all needed to be swabbed, then it was making sure that you had uh, protection, a proper protection for the staff that were having to actually go across other people to be able to do that. So it was really quite a, a challenging process. But I, I think as, as, as a Māori, as Māori organisations, and certainly as clinicians, we just actually get out there and make sure that everybody's safe and everybody's able to do the, the assessment and swab. And Dr. Mel, in that example where you said that there was five uh, members of, of one bubble, one whānau that got tested, what would be your um, message? Would you, yeah, again, would you encourage that or would you try and ask whānau to stagger the amount of people to, to come in? Um, we don't really have a preference. We're happy to swab anybody who comes through the testing station. So whether there was nine of them that walked through, we were happy to swab all, all nine of them. Um, we have been swabbing some people without symptoms, um, and that's just at Pukekohe. It may not be happening at other seabacks, uh, but that's way, the way we've been advised. So uh, not everybody has symptoms uh, when they come through Pukekohe, and, but we will still swab you. Um, but, yeah, we're happy to swab anybody who comes through the seabacks. So if you need to get someone to drive you down, that's that's fine. We'll take anybody through the seabacks. We've had to roll with the punches like... Uh, like George has said, we have to adjust um, to the circumstances that arise each day and to the changing case definitions and to who we're swabbing and not swabbing. So, um, yeah, it's been a bit of trial and error because we've never run anything like CBACs before in New Zealand. So um, I think we've learned a lot during this process. And I think, unfortunately, in the, if there is a, pan, a next pandemic, which there likely will be, then I think we'll be a lot more prepared because mm. um, hopefully after this we will all get together and, um, you know, work out what worked best and what didn't work so well. And so um, it was a little bit of baptism by fire, I think, at the start. But, um, yeah, I think uh, I think the way we're set up and running now and the communication between the CBACs has been, has been great. Um, I'll ask you one other question uh, specifically around the test and more so on the results. And this is a big, I guess, picture question. So obviously the main thing that we, you're getting tested to see whether you've got COVID-19. Yeah. Does it pick up anything else? So for instance, if you come through and you check out negative and so say you don't have COVID-19, but you know, some symptoms is shown that was it just specifically, it's, a, oh. it's just targeted towards COVID-19. Just COVID-19. Occasionally, uh, we've had a few people through who have, had been, who have been tested for COVID-19 and initially this result was negative. And then they've uh, developed symptoms again or ongoing symptoms and they've been sent back by their GP for a re-swab. And so we have re-swabbed these people. Uh, and then we've also thought about could they have something else? So we've added a sort of a wider respiratory panel on there uh, looking mm -hmm. at things like influenza to see uh, if that might be a possibility as well for those people. Um, but okay. otherwise, just COVID-19. Okay. George, um, to operate something, even if we're just focusing on one area, you, you're looking at multiples. You need 
qualified people. Uh, mm -hmm. And also on top of that, you need resources, you need tools you, you, to, to uh, perform uh, the duties. Um, were there enough at the beginning? Is there enough now uh, with the understanding that there's more and more tests that have been conducted as the weeks have gone on? Look, I, I think what the government has actually done, and especially what counties Manukau and Auckland Metro has done, is that they've put as much resource as they can into uh, setting up CBACs. Um, I, I think that they've actually given the right amount of uh, opportunity and resource to us to be able to do that. I think, too, that because we've had 28-odd days of lockdown uh, or more, we were fortunate enough to see that, you know, three to 400 nurses across the country were actually out of jobs because of the fact that a lot of general practices were downsizing their hours uh, because not many people were coming to see them. And there were around 160 to 180 doctors that were also requiring support. So we, we got... From, from our perspective, the opportunity to pick and choose who we wanted to work frontline with us. And we identified that if we were going to be focusing on the types of uh, communities that we wanted to focus on, then we were able to reflect that. So again, there were the resources that we put in and, and we, we're very grateful for that. Uh, there were also the staff that were available. And if we hadn't got the staff from people that we knew, then the DHBs were able to actually recommission um, district nurses or other mm. staff into working within uh, CBACs. And we've all got that across the 14 CBACs across Auckland. We've all been given that support. And I, I think what this has actually done for us, and although we've, you know, we're, we're only into day 22 for, for Manuko, uh, we've built a real close relationship for everybody that has actually established a CBAC across Auckland. And every day we're seeing uh, different things happening in different CBACs, and we're taking what works in that CBAC into what we actually think would work really well uh, wow. with the community that we work with. So we've we've built up a huge relationship with everybody. And as you know, if you had have asked me this two months ago, would we ever be operating in a pandemic? I, we'd probably be laughing, but now uh, we're we're in it. It's it's just it's it's so unbelievable that we're able to actually do this uh, and be able to serve our communities. I'll ask you both this question, um, uh, Dr. Melanie. I'll ask you first, and this will be from a Pukekohe perspective. Uh, I mean, ultimately, especially for Māori, it's been a big drive of the last couple of weeks for our people to go get tested. Don't be mataku. You know, it's it's. Um, this is absolutely necessary, uh, particularly for our communities. Are we reaching our people and within the Pukekohe area in particular? Um, I think we we have gotten better at reaching our people, as George says. Uh, I think the uh, the establishment of the three mobile clinics across uh, Auckland has really helped uh, in terms of reaching people who don't have a waka, who don't, who may live isolated, who may live quite rurally. So I think uh, in terms of reaching those more rural areas, um, I think we have done, um, I think in terms of uh, the Pukekohe area, I think there are about 4,000 um, Māori in the hapu there. And so um, actually I, I watched one of the whānau guides and I saw Rachel Petero. And I saw she was from uh, Ngāti Tamao and I actually uh, emailed her after watching the show. And um, so since then, I've also um, done a, a webinar similar to this with uh, Ngāti Tamao. So that was something that I was able to do um, uh, as being part of the Pukekohe Seaback to reach out to uh, the hapu in that area. So uh, I think that was a, 
a really good thing. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm still in contact with Ngāti Tamaoho as well. Um, so, yeah, I think in, in more rural areas, maybe up north, I think um, George might know more about mm. this than me, but um, there are GPs who are still able to do swabbing uh, in rural areas. There are urgent care clinics and the smaller hospitals like Kaitaia Hospital, those places are still able to swab. So um, I think we are trying to reach out to uh, everybody uh, that we can, uh, but it is a little bit trickier in, in rural places. It's much easier to do that in an urban setting. Well, I'll bring you in on that, George, because you, Manuko, Christchurch, and Te Taitokero, three completely different areas in different parts of the country. Have we been, have all the efforts and everything gone well uh, in order for set up initially the infrastructure to be able to test people, but are we reaching our people to, to get tested? Well, personally, I thought that we actually started too late to, uh, to promote this for our whānau. And now that we're actually full full on in delivering um, a CBAC in South Auckland, actually there's two Māori-focused CBACs uh, in Auckland, which is ours and Whānau House in Waipareira. Um, I think that whilst we're actually now delivering it, this is just one means of trying to capture Māori uh, whānau. Uh, the mobile waka is actually a good idea. I think that there needs to be more mobile uh, vehicles that are testing our whānau and the wider community uh, to be established. I think that that's going to happen uh, over the next probably week or so. We're certainly looking at um, a mobile uh, waka operating within South Auckland. Um, if you were to actually look at places like um, Christchurch, now Christchurch we've uh, set up outside uh, Ngāhawe Marae, and we've partnered with two uh, urban Māori groups that are operating as well as Ngaitahu. What we've seen with regards to that is that a lot more Māori within Aranui, Christchurch East, where a lot of our people uh, stay, they've come out and they've really been interested in uh, looking at being assessed and being uh, swabbed. And I think the difference that they've, they've taken down there is that they've got not only station one, two, and three that does the assessment and obviously towards the station three where you get the swab, they put a fourth station in and that's welfare. And uh, a lot of whānau that have actually come to be tested down there, Māori in particular, they get food and they get other counselling and welfare support services, which I think from a Māori perspective is the difference that we actually offer uh, mm. in a delivery of service to our people. In Northland, it's totally different. It's all iwi led up there. And so the hapu and the, the whānau and the iwi have actually taken the stance of providing mobile waka. Now, we, we actually own a medical practice in Kaio. And so we are in day three of our mobile uh, waka there. And it's a lot more open for people to come. So we pulled up in Topol Bay and we had 30 people come out of their houses and everybody knew everybody, that they rang everybody. And so everybody came out. And whilst we were trying to promote the social distancing, um, that really doesn't mean a lot to our whānau. Uh, so we've got to not only educate them around the importance of social distancing, but also actually educate our people around the importance of being assessed and then swapped. So that, that was actually on the first day. The second day, uh, it was even busier. So we're starting to get a lot more of, of our whānau taking this uh, opportunity really seriously and that mm. they're coming their homes and they're actually wanting to know more about uh, what COVID-19 really means to them and their whānau and we're just re, re, uh, so what we're saying to them that their bubble's really important. 
we're likely to get busier in the next 48 hours once we go from level four to level yeah. three. Mm. That means a lot more of our whanau can actually see a lot more of their whanau, which means that that trans, uh, transporting uh, to and from different houses and different bubbles will actually start. I think, though, the important thing for us is to remind ourselves that transmission is going to be something, that's transmission of COVID-19, is going to be something that we've got to start remembering uh, every time we actually go from our bubble to a new whānau bubble. And so that would be it. Well, just on that, uh, Dr. Millen, I want to ask you a question. Uh, they talk about contact transmission or investigations. Can you tell us how that works? Um, so... I assume that there has been a positive case at some point, in which case the Auckland Regional Public Health Service would have been involved. Uh, so from there, they would uh, contact you to uh, to look at your bubble in particular and uh, see if who if there was somebody positive. Then they would look at the close contacts of that person, uh, and, and those people would then go into uh, quarantine from there. Um, and then if you say were to develop symptoms within the next 14 days, then you would also be swabbed to see if you had COVID. But it's about ID, contact tracing is about identifying uh, who has COVID and who you've been in contact with um, so that we can identify those people and, and quarantine them. And then if they develop symptoms, swab them as necessary. Um, um, so, yeah. Well, I, I'd imagine like the, uh, a lot of that was from the international travellers at the beginning. They were coming back yep. from overseas, uh, yep. and but around and maybe just the point that George was talking about. Now that we're going down to level three, there's still heavy restrictions in regards to the movements and, and um, uh, contact between uh, different bubbles. But it does open up a little bit. Does, does this does that yep. type of thing start kind of uh, becoming? Um, I don't know whether if it's a more priority, but that, will that become more relevant as we go along, as we go into level three? Yeah, I guess as we see more people out in the community and people going back to work and breaking out of those kind of bubbles or joining bubbles, we're going to see uh, the likelihood is that we will see the people develop symptoms or that there's just going to be a lot more contact within mm. the community. So there is a risk of sort of community transmission. Uh, so, uh, like I was saying at, at Pukkohe, we have been doing some swabbing of asymptomatic people, so people with no symptoms, and that's to try to pick up, and you might have also heard about the targeted screen they've been doing at uh, supermarkets around the country, trying to uh, pick up people who don't haven't developed symptoms yet um, and swabbing them to see if they may have COVID-19, because we know that uh, in the two days before you actually develop symptoms, uh, uh, there, there's a two-day gap where you don't develop symptoms, but you may still carry the virus. So mm. there is that starting to happen. There's been a, a rolling change in, in swabbing criteria for us. And I think with all the CBACs, and George will be able to agree with this, we've had to sort of roll with the punches. You know, you go in one day and you're swabbing these people. The next day you're swabbing different people. So and people with more symptoms and different symptoms. And so uh, I think we've just had to be a very fluid kind of movement at the CVACs and just, yeah, um, just do what we're, we've been advised to do in terms of swabbing people. But, um, yes, I guess as we move to level three, there is a risk that uh, with lots more contact that the, some community transmission could pop up in different pockets. Yeah. Uh, We've got a question, uh, and I'll, I'll target it towards both of you that's come from one of our views, and I, and I better ask it because it's my sister-in-law, Rangi uh, Robson. So, Ngamahi says to Jade and, um, 
and the kids in Manawa. Um, her question is, do you think that there might be a second wave of COVID-19 if everyone returns back to normal too soon? And if so, will our health care system be prepared? Um, maybe this is a question for you there, George, in regards to, I guess, what our capacity is. And um, But it'd be relevant for both of you. If there is a second wave, what is, and I'd imagine that there has been a lot of discussion around that, what that could possibly look like. Are we set up uh, to, to fight that? Look, I think what we've actually done with setting up these community-based assessment centres is just an opportunity for us to, uh, to to test as many people as possible. And I think that what the Prime Minister actually said last week was that this level three is going to be there for at least two weeks, so that we're going to be monitoring. Um, it doesn't actually mean, though, that the testing will stop. It'll continue on. And I think we're going to be around until there's going to be a vaccine to eliminate COVID-19. Um, and I don't know how far away that, that's going to be. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see over the next couple of weeks um, to see how that would, would roll out. I think that um, whilst we're actually operating now, uh, we haven't probably seen the worst, which may be yet to come. Um, but I, I do believe that we are preparing to continue the opportunity to have people come in, be assessed, be swabbed, and then to actually uh, review that. And, and this is done daily. I mean, we, we report daily, and the Prime Minister obviously um, announces daily what where we're currently at. So we're going to do what we're doing. Um, and, and it's a re really from my perspective, and I'm not clinical. It's just a matter of waiting and seeing. Is that the? Is it, Dr. Melanie? And I hope I hate to dumb this down a bit, but is it prepare for the worst and hope for the best? Uh, I, I mean, I think New Zealand, in a lot of way, is 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 lucky in the fact that we we are quite far away from many other countries. We don't have other land borders. Um, uh, everybody has, I think, done really well in sticking to the level four lockdown um, on the whole. Um, so I think that in terms of declining cases that we're seeing, I, th I think New Zealand has done very well. And I, I think the government has done a very good job of, of um, with the daily announcements. And um, I think they've been preparing for the worst over these last four weeks, I'm, I'm sure they are prepared. I, I can't say uh, what exactly they've been doing, but I suspect like uh, as the level three comes in for us, that means the level goes up for the hospital, in fact, because it means more more people are going to be out and about, more community contacts. So in terms of uh, the general public scaling down to a level three, that means for the hospital that they'll probably be scaling up in case there is uh, an outbreak. Uh, of COVID-19 or, or different pockets start to pop up elsewhere as more people have contact. I've really... We also have to watch is that COVID-19 is non-discriminatory, which means that, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're Māori, you're Asian, you're Pākehā, you're Pacific, yeah. it will actually... Uh, well, anyone could would, would uh, contract it. And so, therefore, we've just got to be very... Uh, open and honest around the fact that our bubble's our bubble and let's not actually try and break that. As And let's actually do it uh, knowing that there's a likelihood that there could be some transmission. And if we have a look at all of what's happened overseas, it's really the community transmission that's probably, from my perspective, really important so we keep close to uh, the bubble that we actually have right now. Awesome. Um, I've only got a couple more questions and I've really enjoyed us uh, 
covering uh, the, the testing side of things in really good depth here uh, on Final Guide for COVID-19. George, um, one of the things that we've been discussing over the last couple of weeks, um, and this is with GPs and people that are working in hospitals, is the lack of numbers of people attending out of either two things, don't know how to access it, uh, or mataku, that it's not a safe place. Um, everybody's been reassured that it is, um, there's a lot of capacity there at both ends to test and care for people, whether it's COVID-19 or whether it's any other health reasons. Um, I just wanted to, to, to get an understanding. Um, do the workers, the people conducting the test, do they get regularly tested as part of a safety precaution? Well, what, from from our perspective, we've actually tested all of our um, all of our yeah. staff, uh, and it was actually twenty. Like this is day twenty two, and we we had to. Um, so we've we've tested all. I was actually the last one uh, that needed to be tested because I was busy in Christchurch and, and Northland. And I, I think that what that actually does from our perspective, it, it just makes sure that. Uh, we're, we're being safe and we're actually also safe in terms of working in the front line. So everyone in our CBAC as well as all the other CBACs across Auckland and probably across the country have all been tested as well. And uh, Dr Mellon, the same, same thing in Pukekohe yeah. as well? Yep, same thing. This last week uh, we've tested all our staff and, and security as well because... Um, you know, we, we need the security on the sites to help, to help us out. And so they've done a, a fantastic job. Um, so we, we have all been swabbed uh, this week as well as part of uh, the change in, in swabbing and, and the sort of move towards swabbing of the sort of essential and health workers as high risk people, other other groups as well, looking at swabbing in the, you know, down the track in the next week or two, maybe police, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, that is something that they did think about this week and, and yeah, we, we all have been swapped at Pukekohe as well. Kapai. Last question I have for both of you, and I guess it's a really important time as we're just about, you know, there's been a lot of amazing work done across the board to keep COVID-19 in check as best as possible uh, through Level 4, where now we transition into, about to transition to Level 3. What is both of yours? George, I'll start off with you in regards to your message or the key thing that you want Alfano to understand as we transition into this new phase. Look, I, I think the message that we give to every fam family or family member that comes through um, or is, is thinking about they coming through come a testing through. station is that they come, that they may have one or two symptoms um, to do with, with COVID-19. Uh, if you're not sure, just come. Just come through and speak with the, the helpful team. Every CBAC that I've been to, everybody is really helpful. They want to actually be able to help you out, give you the information, give you the advice that they have. And they also want to actually give you the opportunity to be uh, swabbed as well. And it's really there for your family uh, to make sure that whether you actually have symptoms or not, whether you feel a bit mataku, whether you come in and you see all these uh, staff that we've all got at the CBAC uh, dressed in PPE gear, um, which is personal protective equipment. They may look strange and, that, you know, that may be overwhelming, but they're there to do a job and we want you to come through and bring your whānau through. If you want to actually just check out, it only takes maybe 15 to 20 minutes to come through the, the testing station and within three to five days, you'll get a response. I did my um, test yesterday. I got my response back today and it was a text mm. Um, it was very much a, a pleasant experience. I didn't think it was that uh, going to be that that pleasant, but it was. And the response that we actually got back was really quick. 
and so there's these two things. If you're negative, you get the text, and um, that's really good. Um, if you're positive, then um, it's Auckland Regional Public Health or the Public Health uh, agency that will follow up because that's when the tra trace tracing will actually start to ensure that what you may actually have, if it is positive, is not transmitted onto any other whānau member or community member and that we can manage and address those that require to be isolated and supported through this time. And you know, the biggest fear for a lot of our whānau is that they may have it, they, they, they're thinking about it. Come, get tested, make sure that um, you know you do that within the next couple of days if you've got symptoms and get the result. Um, again, that's not guaranteed, but at least you've done the first step and that's mm. coming. And my, my quarter to a lot of uh, health workers is we've won the battle when you see a Māori person, their whānau and their car turn up at a testing station. Dr. Melanie, uh, yeah, yeah. Just to support what George says, if you if you uh, want to get swabbed, if you're worried, if you've got symptoms, then definitely come down and get swabbed. You can come off your own bat. You can uh, phone Healthline. You can phone the GP. Uh, but come down. It's a safe space. We're all in protective gear. That's to protect us and to protect you as well. And um, if you are unwell, we can also examine you. We can diagnose. We can treat you. So we can give you inhalers, antibiotics, all of those things. Uh, we can do that on site and, and we can follow up with you the next day. We do some welfare checks to make sure you're okay. The only thing I would say we, we can't look after is your long-term medical conditions. So I would really encourage people to phone their GPs to get monitoring for their long-term medical conditions. Um, don't let yourself run out of medications because it's a really important part of staying um, healthy and well. And um, the GPs have processes set up so it's a safe space to go into. Um, to be examined, so just um, the other thing I wanted to mention is flu vaccines mm -hmm. if you haven't had your flu vaccine whānau and you're eligible, uh, please again contact your GP to get your flu vaccine done, but otherwise uh, for our kui and komato I would just say um, stay safe at home, yeah mm -hmm. that would be the main I know we're moving down to, to level three, but if you can, and especially if you've got other medical conditions, I would say stay safe at home for now. Um, but yeah, I, I'm happy to today. Following on with what the doctor has said, with, with the mobile vehicles, they can actually contact the CBAC and we can arrange for the mobile vehicles to come out to Komato and Queer. And those yep. that are unable to actually go out to, um, to a CBAC to be tested, we um, can access the mobile vehicle to come out and uh, visit you at home. If you, yeah. if you contact your GP, they can arrange the mobile service. Yep. George, yeah. Gantai, Dr. Melanie Wirepa, e mihi ana kia kōrua. Uh, kaua nake mō ngā kōre rokoa horahia i tēnei rā, engari mō ngā kōrua whakapau kaha uh, ki te hāpai uh, ki te tiaki i tō tātou iwi. Tēnā kōrua, tēnā kōrua. Kia ora. Uh, kia ora, tēnā koe. Thank you, everybody. Uh, wonderful show today, uh, filled with so much useful information uh, around testing, which is such an important aspect to us keeping ourselves safe and keeping COVID-19 at bay. George Ngātai and Dr. Melanie Wee-Repa uh, on the final guide for COVID-19. Uh, a lot of what they discussed was around the safety uh, of um, the testing station. So we'll have a look now 
uh, across the Auckland metro area and also up into Taitokoro at the different uh, testing stations and where they are located. Since these are the testing stations for Northland through Whangarei right up into Arawene and the Hokianga, Kawakawa, Kaikohe, uh, Kirikiri, all the way up to Kaitaia. Um, in South Auckland, there's the different locations that are there. And also, as you have a look at the scrolling bar down below, those are the websites for the various health uh, district health boards. Uh, who can give some a little bit more information about how to contact uh, and how to make your way to these different areas. West Auckland, Rural North, and Waiheka, uh, we're based in Henderson. So the Whanau House, Waipareta, is literally just across the railway tracks, right smack bang in the middle of Henderson Township. And then across to the Auckland metro area of East Auckland, Spectrum House, and then uh, a couple of different um, stations centred in Auckland CBD, and then across to the North Shore. Nō reire e kare mā, koe nā ngā wāhi, ke whakamā tauria koe mō tēnei COVID-19. Kamatū anō ko ngā kōrero katoa, i whāngā i hia ki a mātou i tēnei rā. Anā ko te whāinga, ke noho haumaru tātou katoa. That concludes today's live Q&A show. We'd like to thank you all for taking part and hopefully there's some good information that you that's useful to you, your whānau, and your community. Ka mutu, ko mutu ngā kōrero mō tēnei wā, no hōra mai raru i ngā manākitanga o te rungarawa, pai mārire ki a tātou katoa. Nā Te Puni Kōkiri e Pūtea Tautoko, made with support from Te Puni Kōkiri. Nā Pūoro Jerome, ngā reo Pūoro. Soundtracks from Pūoro Jerome.